Welcome back, everyone, to Lap 6, a turning laps with Mr. Smiley, presented by Edmonton International Raceway. Lap 6 features EIR future stock driver Bailey DeWalt. She pilots the number 18 Pontiac Sunfire in a one-on-one -on -one interview. I also give my thoughts on the Bush clash from this past Sunday from the LA Coliseum and update everyone on some EIR news. And don't forget the white flag editorial. This one's for all you drivers. The green flag is waving. Turn in laps with Mr. Smiley starts right now. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and thank you, everyone who's listened and liked and shared the podcast so far. The laps have been great. We're still spinning more laps. This one is lap number six. I am, of course, Mr. Smiley, and the Bush Clash was run on Sunday night from the L.A. Coliseum, and that quarter-mile course sure had its way of getting under the skin of a few drivers in the second half of that feature event. There were 16 caution flags total in that exhibition race, and in my opinion, that was way too much. I'm not sure what was in the driver's head at that point, but they were not thinking inside their helmets. Aggression is one thing. The heat races were very intense, but you pack that field with all that aggression for the main event, that just spelled disaster and chaos with drivers literally running over each other that second half of the race. There were back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back cautions to delay the end of the race and a TV time of the much-anticipated first-ever NASCAR podium and medal ceremony, which drew the ire of several race fans who wanted to see Martin Truex Jr. get gold for his win. The questions this week on NASCAR radio was the event itself. And one, should it stay at the Coliseum? Yes, absolutely. Put the best drivers on a quarter mile, just like grassroots racing here at Edmonton International Raceway. And two, should it be a points race? No way. This is a shakeout of the cobwebs from the car, teams, and drivers. I just hope the cobwebs are going to be cleared out of the drivers' brains by the Daytona 500. Now, on to our quarter mile track. Tickets for all of EIR's events are on sale now at edmontonraceway.com. And something new this season is our flex tickets. This is similar to a season pass, but you get to choose the 10 regular events you want to attend for $150, or you can add a food option for $250. Also, the fan appreciation opening night event is shaping up nicely with giveaways and great racing. We are planning the Pinty Series events for July 22nd, with a special business showcase event for all businesses. This is a great way to connect with other businesses and engage with fans. Contact myself at tracksidebiz at gmail.com or Loretta at speedway at cyband.net to book your table today. Tables are filling up fast. And don't forget about our Canada Day celebration, which is free for all to attend. 
We are going to have food, beverages, music. We're working on a karaoke setup, a show in shine. Devin Dino will be there. And of course, you cannot be at Edmonton International Raceway without some racing on a Saturday night. So our future stocks and stackers will take the track and fireworks will end the night. And this event is free for everyone to attend. Now, on with the rest of the show. Bailey DeWalt is a true racer. She has a racing family and nothing is going to stop this teenager from capturing the checkered flag this season at Edmonton International Raceway. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, Miss Bailey DeWalt. How you doing, Bailey? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. So for all the fans out there that don't know you, let's start by saying, how old are you? And how did you get started in racing at Edmonton International Raceway? I am 14, and I've actually wanted to race since I could talk. The first time I was at a racetrack is when I was three days old. So I've wanted to race for a long time now. And last year is when my mom saw a bunch of cars for sale and talked to me about it. And obviously, I wanted to do it. And she wanted to start with pavement first and or the Edmonton International Raceway is the only one with pavement here. So mm -hmm. we thought you'd give it a go and see how it goes. So it was, it was your mom's idea for you to get involved in racing. Yes, it was. Was your mother a race fan? She used to race. Really? She used to race in Victoria, BC. Oh, that's awesome. So we could actually say it's in your blood. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Does your mom actually mentor you and coach you? Yeah, she does. She's right there in the pits with you. Yeah, Darcy, her fiance, actually races mods and things as well. So he's a coach as well. He didn't race last year because he's fixing uh, two of the cars up that he has in the garage. But he's a racer too, so it's it's in the blood. So is there going to be a chance where your mom's going to hop in your race car and take it for a blast around the track? No. She would. Trust me, she wants to, but she has a broken tailbone and a torn ACL. <gasps> Enough said. Yeah, she is not getting in a race car again. No, unfortunately, race career is over and done with. Yeah. Oh. There has been times she's wanted to fight it and do it, but her knee and back can't handle it. Oh, I, that's why I neck issues. I can't do it anymore either. Yeah. There, there's a point where our bodies can take it, and there's a point when our bodies can't. Yeah. We could actually say that your family is your biggest supporting system that you have out there right now. Yeah, they definitely are. They, they always help fix the car when things happen to it, and they're always they always know what to do. And if my anxiety gets high, they always know the right things to say to make me want to get back on the track. Yeah, because it really is a mental game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. What do you find most mentally difficult when you're on the racetrack? Probably, if I had to like choose one, probably not being able to see um, what's going on behind you. Like if you're about, if someone's about to pass you, you don't know if you're about to turn or if you're about to turn and they, if you turn like sharp enough, they're going to hit you because you can't see behind you. That's probably one of the most challenging ones. If you were to form a team or let's say an ally at the racetrack to work with during a race, who would you pick as your ally or a teammate? Uh, probably Mike Ram. He's helped, um, 
When my racket pinion went at the beginning of the season, he was actually the one at our house for two days straight fixing it and helping us out. The Ram man, he's always there to help anybody. Even yep. if you don't ask, he's the first one right there. What can I do to help? Yep, that is very true. How long are you planning on racing? For a long time. I don't just want to do a couple of years and then quit. I want to do it for a long time. Now, you took a really hard hit. I believe it was the last race of the yep. season. It was. Is there anybody you admire at the racetrack? Mike again. Yeah, it's got to be Mike again. <laughs> okay, so we could say he's been like a role model on the racetrack. Yeah. What about off the racetrack? Who's your role model off the racetrack? My mom. Your mom. Your biggest supporter, number one fan, and your role model. Yeah, that she is. Awesome. How is racing preparing you for a life outside of the racetrack? The only thing that I can really think of is if you were to be driving on like a highway or something and you raced and you've been in an accident and racing, it'd be different, but you kind of like, if you were to get into an accident in racing and on the highway, it's different, but at the same time, you kind of know what to expect of like what's going to happen depending how the accident happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. How have your classmates and schoolmates taken to you being a race driver? The reason why I'm asking this is Sky Brenneman's interview. They find her a huge role model and they come to her and just they're flocking all over her at her at her school. Are you finding the same results? Sometimes a lot of uh, my friends didn't believe I actually did until I've showed them photos and videos and things like that. Um, and there has been a couple of my friends message me and ask how they can get into racing, like if there's a sign up or where to go to sign up. But that's really about it. Mm -hmm. Are you going to bring some of your friends racing with you? I believe a couple of them are going to look into signing up. They just have to talk to their parents about it and see what their parents think. Right, right. <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years' time off and on the racetrack? So it's the same question, but two different scenarios. So start with off the racetrack. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? Hopefully building a career. Okay. Do you have a career in mind? Being a detective. Detective. Police force or private investigator? Private investigator. The other side of the coin, where do you see yourself in five years on the racetrack? On a dirt track. Getting my confidence up and being on the dirt track. You want to move to dirt? Yeah. It's in the family. No. Everybody else has raced dirt. I just got to get, I have to get my confidence up before we think about trying dirt. There's one thing that I learned at PRI, which uh, was that three-day trade show down in uh, racing trade show down in Indianapolis, when there were thousands and thousands of people down there. Didn't matter what discipline of racing or what you raced or where you raced, we were all racers. There was no divide, and that's the way the industry is now moving to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm, are, are you finding that as well? Like when you talk to your race friends yeah 
What are your goals in 2023? To do the best that I can. Any race wins on the on your horizon? I'm going to try to get at least one this year. I'm going to try. So your goal is at least one race this year? At least one race or at least winning or getting in the top three at least once this year. Who are you gunning for this year? Everybody. That's the good mentality to have. Yep. Now, you did take a pretty hard hit. Yep, I, I did. You did. And, like, yeah. explain to me the thought processes that went through your head when it happened, immediately after it happened, and then the few days afterwards. When it first happened, I was kind of like, what the heck just happened? Um, I didn't even, like... I could feel it coming. Me and my mom both both have this instinct instinct that when you're about to get into an accident, you can feel it. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew as soon as I turned that corner, I think corner one, I knew as soon as I turned that corner, I was about to hit Ainsley and it was going to be hard. Um, so I kind of prepared myself. Um, after it happened and I re like it had kicked in, the shock had kicked in, like, okay, yeah, I just like probably destroyed the front end of my car. I probably just destroyed Ainsley's car. Um, that's when I started freaking out. Like I ended up having a panic attack because I was in so much shock. Um, but after the paramedics had checked me out and I argued with them for 20 minutes that I was not going to the hospital because I was fine. Um, I felt, I felt okay. I knew I was going to be sore and I was for like a week or two, two weeks. I was really sore. And as I said before, I had to go to the chiropractor because of my right side, because the seatbelts were tighter on the right side. But other than that, I just kind of thought, okay, yeah, it's an accident. Like things happen. It's racing there's not going to be a time where you're not going to hit a wall or go into, or yeah, hit a wall, go into another car, accidentally hit someone. It's just how racing works. That didn't deter you in any way from stopping the race? I will admit um, the first couple days after it happened, I, there were days where I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I don't know if I want this anymore. Things like that, but it's racing is something I've wanted to do for a long time, and I know that just because one hard hit, one hard accident is not something you can just give up on, something you love because of it. Mm -hmm. What advice can you give people that are going to get involved in the racing? Don't let your lack of confidence make you stop. And have fun. It's not about winning. It's not about getting top three. It's not about getting first. It's not about the trophies. It's about getting onto the track and having fun and just being yourself, getting in the car, getting on the track and doing what you love. Mm -hmm. What do you think we at the racetrack level can do to engage our race fans more? Include the fans. You guys can throw candy at the kids. Throw candy at the kids. Yep. Uh -huh. Well, you see that, that ketchup bottle behind me, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's our pass the ketchup bottle. That's what it is. That we do to pass the ketchup with at the racetrack. I knew I recognized that ketchup bottle. I just couldn't <laughs> figure out from where. <laughs> so, okay. So you're suggesting that we throw candy to the kids. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. What can the drivers do a bit more on the driver end of it to engage their fans a little bit more? Drivers um, get out at intermission and hand things out to the fans. Like whether it's candy, racing hoodies, t-shirts, drinks, whatever it is, just the racers get out and hand things out. Excellent. Now, you know, our fan appreciation is our opening weekend, right? Yep. Yep. Can we count on you guys to be there? Yes. Yes. Okay. What are you guys going to do for the race fans? What's going to be your engagement that day? Because we have to appreciate the fans that came out and the new fans that we're bringing out. We haven't thought of it yet. <laughs> Postcards or even a picture with my signature. We did get last season, we did get a lot of photos of me at my car from mm-hmm. both my mom and Chris, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, we could always print those off, laminate them, and put my signature on it. Right on. That sounds like a really good plan. Any sponsors that you guys are looking at getting and bringing on board for the future? We're going to try Napa. This is one thing that I was really happy I did not get top three because I do not remember all my sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> and Redneck Transport. Oh, that's cool. So how's that going to affect your racing in this next coming season if you do bring them on board? I don't know. I never thought of that. I'm putting you on the spot, aren't I? Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We got mm-hmm. Till June, we, we'll figure it out. What can you tell some of your fellow competitors that are having difficulty securing a sponsorship? Keep trying. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. And it's not always about the wins. Yeah. It's about what you can do for them. Yeah, that is true. Do you find yourself doing a lot for your sponsors outside of the racetrack? I try sometimes. <laughs> not all the time, but sometimes. Fair enough. I mean, you are a teenager and you, you've got a life outside of the racing world, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And speaking of a life outside the racing world, I think we'll let you go and get back to the life outside of the racing world. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Bailey. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Miss Bailey DeWalt. Come on out and cheer her and all the other racers this season at Edmonton International Raceway. Get your tickets now at edmontonraceway.com. The white flag is now waving for the editorial. I keep hearing you drivers grumble about the lack of fans in the stands and that we are not promoting Edmonton International Raceway enough and some sponsorships. To coin a line from Def Leppard's Rock of Ages, well, I got something to say. It's better to burn out than to fade away. What do I mean by that? Well, right now we are fading with the fans. In order to burn out... This is what you drivers need to do. Stop blaming EIR. We are working extremely hard to bring out the fans. Gimmicks and giveaways are just part of the show. We need your help. Fans come out to be entertained. And guess what? You are the entertainment. Music, food, pass the ketchup. That's only a small part of the show. The smoke and mirrors, shall we say. But it's you, the drivers, that make or break the show. You need to be the showstoppers. Which class is going to outperform the other? Beating and banging fenders and bumpers to the end. But remember, race each other safely, clean, and with respect. This podcast has sparked the flame for the burnout. It has garnered new interest in Edmonton International Raceway. And for one, I'm so stoked for this coming race season and for what is to come in the future. 
So let's fan the flames together as an EIR team. How do you ask? Simple. Stop pointing fingers. We are a team. From the drivers, car owners, race teams, staff, us promoters, and track ownership. We are Team EIR. We are all part of the show. Next, use those damn smartphones that you have and promote yourselves as racers. Make posts. Go to your sponsors. Shoot videos with them. Do that before and after the races. Even doing it during the races, during a pit break or whatever. We can only do so much promoting. It's time for you to drivers to do the same. And by going to your sponsors, it shows them that you are committed to them, just as they are to give you that check to keep you on track. And for those of you who are struggling with sponsors, there are resources out there for you. Go to the Edmonton International Raceway website. We have sponsorship tips posted for you. Talk to Don Lawrence and the other racers that have gotten and retained sponsorships over the years. Talk to Loretta, Carol, or even myself. It's not that hard. It just takes effort on your part to make yourself available. My rookie season driving Thunder Car, I secured two sponsorships, one paid by cash, the other by product. When I moved over into Pure Stock, my cash sponsor followed, and I secured another product sponsor. It really is not that hard. Come on, if I can do it, you can do it. Invest in the book from Alex Stryler titled Motorsports Marketing and Sponsorships, available on Amazon. I did. I read it. I applied what I learned from the book and the webinar that I took from Alex. And because of that book, I managed to secure a TV deal with Rev TV to air some EIR races this season. This is just one of the new developments for this season. Lastly, get off your asses during intermission and pre-race when you're sitting there in the pits during the Facebook Live broadcast and get into the stands. I understand if you and your team are working on your cars, but make time. There is no reason why you cannot grab some candies, hero cards, freezies, or whatever you want to do and go mingle with the fans. If you don't see your fans in attendance, this is an opportunity for you to make that connection with new fans. What we heard from fan feedback was there is a disconnect between our fans and you, the racers. This podcast was created not only to promote EIR and you racers, but to reconnect and even connect with the fans. And it's working. This podcast is growing and gaining momentum. Now it's your turn. I want to tell you my EIR story. The first race Carmelita and I attended at EIR was nothing I had seen at my local dirt track. Great car count, various classes, great short track racing, and this was my first asphalt race since I was eight years old, and the racing did not disappoint. What stands out was the fan interaction back then, and it was great. Drivers in the stands meeting people, hero cards being passed out, but at the end of the night, they opened up pit road for the fans, and that just blew my mind. The races I saw back in my day, they never did that. It's because of what happened in the pits. I became a racer at Edmonton International Raceway. Jim McIntosh had Dave Superstock out that night, and when I was admiring the car, Jim and I started talking. Well, he asked if I wanted to sit in the car. Hell yeah! So I hopped in, and I was in awe. Here I was sitting in a real race car. Then he said, start the engine, and I was flabbergasted. He said, can I do that? He said, yep, and walk me through the process. It's not the same as your daily driver. The engine roared and that was it. I knew right then that I was going to drive a race car at EIR, and I did. You racers 
are heroes to the kids. You are a key part of the show. And if you want more fans, then interact with them. The more fans in the stands, the more racers we get on track. Our test drives help recruit drivers, but it's you drivers that turn fans into racers. Give them your best on and off the track. I put out a challenge to you. Be the showstoppers our fans deserve. I'd rather the proverbial burnouts at EIR for another 55 plus years and not fade away like some others have done. But remember, if you are going to do a burnout on the track, it is costly for you and your race team. So be prepared to pay for that burnout. And the black flag disclaimer. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are mine and the guests appearing on Turn and Laps with Mr. Smiley and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Edmonton International Raceway, also known as EIR, EIR sponsors, racers, NASCAR, the NASCAR Cup Series, and their affiliated sponsors. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes and entertainment only. The Turn and Laps with Mr. Smiley name and all forms and abbreviations are the property of its owner and does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. And this is the checkered flag. Thank you to Bailey DeWalt, driver of that number 18 Pontiac Sunfire in our Future Stock class. And of course, a huge thank you to all you listeners and fans. Don't forget to like and share the podcast. Stay tuned for the next Turn and Laps with Mr. Smiley, presented by Edmonton International Raceway. Keep smiling, everybody.